TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome to a Tuesday version of Two Guys and a Mic mid-morning sports break here on the finest in internet. Sports Talk Radio, TalkZone.com. The coach, that's me, back in the saddle after a six-day hiatus. I'm not sure what a hiatus was, but I was told Jordan Burnfield that, in fact, I was on a hiatus. I ate everything else on Thanksgiving. I might as well hiatus. I think you did have a hiatus. <laughs> I hiatus everything on Thanksgiving. Really? So, yeah. The looks of you, you hiatus on a regular basis. I do. You I, need to do a little bit less hiatusing. I need to go on a diet from the hiatus. I think there's pills for that. <laughs> I'm not sure. 888-463-6748, our phone number here. If you were on hiatus and you want to join us on a sports hiatus, you can dial it up and talk some great sports action here. Uh, we got a Residue Tuesday. We'll talk about the things that happened over the weekend, of course. And uh, it's great to be back in the chair. First of all, Jordan, I want to thank Mark Carmen who came in last week and I believe on Wednesday. Yes. Did an outstanding pre-Thanksgiving show and then filled in yesterday. So I want to thank Carm. I know you were a guest on his show yesterday. I was. And so if you were unhappy to hear me yesterday, you got me again today, <laughs> everybody. So Anybody who said around 1025 yesterday, boy, this is a really boring interview. Who was that Jordan <laughs> Burnfield guy? Now you get 56 minutes of Jordan Burnfield. Right. It's a, you just I can't go away. Yeah, can't uh, go away. I don't know. We love having you here. It's great to have you in. JB sitting in today. I think we got Seth Gruen coming in tomorrow. We've been rotating co-hosts until the big dog, Joel Radwanski, our regular co-host, number two on the two guys in a mic, and he's been called number two quite often. Uh, returns to the saddle, but in his stead, we're rotating guys. And Jordan, you're Jordan. I should say you're becoming one of our main guys. Well, I I appreciate that, and I and I love getting to do the show. And and mm-hmm. uh, did you call him Joel as if he was like a, in relation to Joel Pinheiro you of know, the Cardinals? I, I used to do that with him, and I told him, you know, he used to be a football player. It's amazing how much a name can change things. Yes, because as a linebacker at Downers Grove North High School in beautiful Chicago, Illinois. You know, if his name's Joel Radwanski, eh, you know, maybe, maybe you get a few, you know, Division Three offers. But all of a sudden, you go by the name Joel Radwanski. <laughs> I, right there, the, the name takes calling. two tenths off your forty, and all of a sudden, you're a D1 legitimate prospect. You know, and it's it's certainly an interesting name change. I think that's probably why Joel Pinheiro's in the major leagues. Yeah, well, it's not a name change. It's a name change emphasis. Right. I mean, if he was Joel Pinheiro, he'd probably be toiling in single A right now. I completely believe that. I'm a firm believer in the name. You could be Jordan Burnfield. If I was Jordan, I'd have a better radio job right now. Right? I, I think you instead of radio, instead of talking about the athletes, we'd be talking about you. That's true. Yeah. Maybe I'd be a Division One player. I'd mm-hmm. be uh, playing for a professional team here. Instead of being an overachieving uh, senior pitcher for the Deerfield Warriors who <laughs> raised great acclaim in a senior year, you could have been maybe a college, who knows, maybe a professional prospect. That You know what? I should have changed it. Absolutely. 888-463-6748, the phone number of the coach, and Jordan Burnfield with you here. You can email us also at Mike2Guys at AOL.com, M-I-C, number 2, Mike. Two guys at AOL.com. Bring those emails in. We'd love to read them. 
I don't know when the Super Bowl is, Jordan Burnfield. February 7th is the date that's sticking out in my head. It's not that important. But my comment would be, after last night's game, let's just play it now. Indianapolis Colts take on the New Orleans Saints, two best teams in football, and we could basically get rid of the next two months of pro football. Well, here's where I'll disagree, though. Uh-oh. I think you got to throw the Minnesota Vikings into this That's mix. That's a good point. NFC Championship, if it gets to be Saints and Vikings, that could arguably be better than whatever yeah, the Super Bowl matchup would be because Indianapolis has had a great year. They're 11-0, and but they're, you know what they're sort of like to me, and I, and I made this point yesterday on this show, they're sort of like Iowa in the fact that they keep winning, mm-hmm. but they've been winning ugly for weeks. And it's not typical of Indy. You know what I mean? They normally will win games so gracefully. Manning will throw five touchdowns, and they'll win by 35 points. The last five or six weeks, Manning has thrown some picks. Indy's had to come back. They've had to eke out victories. In fact, even though they won last game against the Texans on the road, I think by seven or eight points, Mm -hmm. that was a game they were losing in the fourth quarter and had to come back. They got a defensive touchdown and all that sort of thing. I think that the Saints, though, last night... For all the people that were worried about the Saints not being a legitimate 10 and 0 team, if there's such thing, you know, and that New England, big bad mighty New England, was going to come in there and show them who they really are. Uh, uh-uh. uh. That was an absolute pasting. New Orleans outclassed New England in every facet of the game. Mm-hmm. Literally every facet. Their offense. The, the Saints was absolutely destroying them in every in every way possible. Pierre Thomas running the ball, Mike Bell running the ball, all those receivers. Drew Brees throwing five touchdowns and not throwing a pick, and I think he only threw four incomplete passes in the whole game. It was just such a beating. And the defense, you know, Tom Brady had 237 passing yards yesterday, threw a couple picks. I mean, he did not look at all like the Tom Brady we're used to seeing. It was such a dominating performance that I think now, for the first time maybe this season, that that the Saints needed a win like this to legitimize themselves. Now they're 11-0, and but yeah. now everyone's going to say, well, the Saints are the best team in football. Yeah, there's no question about that. That was a proving ground game yesterday, and to uh, understate it, they proved themselves. The New yes. Orleans Saints are for real. You're right, the Minnesota Vikings and the Saints, you're right. Probably the two best teams in football right now they happen to play in the same conference. Let me ask you this, and I know we have fans listening in other cities whose, maybe whose offenses are struggling as much, God forbid, even more than the Chicago Bears. It's hard to imagine an offense that would be Cleveland. struggling more. Cleveland. Yeah, that, that's bad. I mean, because we're <laughs> really doing bad right now, so for you to be doing worse than the Bears. But the point I'm trying to make is it's got to be more than just talent. How right. could the New Orleans Saints make it look so easy Week in and week out, when I say so easy, throwing the ball down the field, completing a 13-yard pass, a 17-yard pass, a 25-yard pass, almost routinely. And for our Chicago Bear team and probably a few other teams, I mean, maybe once or twice a game, do you actually throw vertical and complete a pass and it's like a godsend? How can one team make it so easy and it be so difficult for the other team? It can't be just the talent level. Right. You know, last night, Coach, New Orleans had eight plays of 20 yards or more eight i don't think the bears have eight plays of 20 yards or more in 2009 i mean it's to me i agree with you the talent level on the bears is nowhere close to the to the saints or to the vikings well, no, or no, to no, any that's, of these that's teams. not agreeing with me well no 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 but here's what here's where i do agree with you is i think that even with a little less talent the bears system is so bad i mean you watch the first series of the game 
for the Bears against the Vikings. They throw three completed passes for seven yards. Jay Cutler completed three passes. They went seven yards. So where I am agreeing with you is the system is so broken. And Ron Turner is such a stubborn... I mean, it's like he and Lovey Smith were so much a perfect match for each other because even when their system stinks, they're going to keep just doing the same darn thing Mm -hmm. every single week. And I'm so sick of watching an offense that is being designed for for an inept quarterback when you finally have allegedly, allegedly, I mean, he's played terrible this year, but allegedly a quarterback that can make downfield throws, that can make big plays, that can open the offense. They haven't done anything differently from last year. The only time that they ever go deep is the same thing that they did with Kyle Orton. They'll throw a go route down the sideline and pray that the pass gets there and hope that they can pick up 30 or 40 yards in a very low percentage play. Mm -hmm. But you're right. The Saints have a system. They have a system where they can get these guys to flourish. I mean, Marcus Colston was a seventh round draft pick. Pierre Thomas was undrafted. So was Mike Bell. I mean, this is a team that is not just comprised of number one picks. It's not like they were all, you know, these highly heralded prospects. Marcus Colston went to freaking Hofstra. Okay, they don't produce football prospects at Hofstra. But where where I agree with you is that Sean Payton and the Saints have a system that works. They do things on offense that work. And no matter who they play, because everybody on the Saints is a good offensive player, no matter who is out there, they succeed. Well put. Well put, Jordan. Birdfield sitting in with the coach today to talk a little NFL football residue Tuesday from the weekend that was. We're also going to talk some uh, Disney World. When we come back from our first break, that's the reason I was gone for six days, talking before the show. I found out you're a long-time Disney guy, so we're going to get to that for sure. Any of you uh, fans out there that have been to Disney World, maybe had a few experiences, maybe we can hash that around a little bit. You know, but- I, I heard that Charlie Weiss was at the Magic Kingdom yesterday. <sighs> I heard he was eating those giant turkey legs in the Magic Kingdom yesterday. Three in each hand. Just, those are those are impressive. They're by the way. huge. They're like Bam Bam yeah. clubs. And I love even better than the turkey leg is to watch the people eating. Yes, the turkey leg because it really brings out the caveman. Yes, it's the you. it's like this animalistic, <laughs> gross like human trait of them yeah. just gnawing on these giant turkey legs. You don't it just is bite into it. You like, you, like, chew it off. It's like those Geico cavemen. Yeah. And there's a certain testosterone, even for the females that were eating the turkey leg. You know, their that, testosterone level kicked in. I never had one. I'll stop you right there. If I ever saw a female mm-hmm. gnawing on one of those turkey legs, yeah. the way I've seen men do it, yes. that'd be the end for me. Not the most pleasant sight, no question about it. There's probably a few of our listeners out there, and I don't know our producer, David Olson, well, but I think David's got a dark side. I'm going to bet he is one of those that uh, there are those that might find a strange attraction in that. <laughs> Listen, all I can tell you... little piece of dark meat hanging from the middle of the tooth. <laughs> That's so gross. Ripping off the meat. There's a certain barbaric response that could... Ignite a certain sexual tension in certain people. Put it this way, not All for right, me. Stop before I throw up. <laughs> exactly, not for <laughs> me. I, if I see a woman, I don't care if it's, you know, Elon Nordgren, who apparently is good at swinging a golf club at people's faces. Yeah. If I saw her <laughs> in all her beauty eating one of these turkey legs, uh-huh. it would turn me off. That's just, I mean, females should not be eating them. This is no put down to them. It just makes them look unattractive. All right, we're going to get to the Disney experience in just a second again after our first break. But uh, 
Real quick, just finishing the football thoughts for the weekend. There were some great games. And when we were talking about the other undefeated team, it's like the other white meat, the other undefeated team, the Indianapolis Colts, it occurred to me, too, that their head coach in his first year as a head coach, he's 11-0, he's undefeated, and Jordan, I think he could walk in the studio right now, sit down next, you probably recognize him, sit down next to me, and I wouldn't know who the guy is. Right. Here's a coach in his first year. Yeah. He's 11-0, and and nobody's talking Jim Caldwell. Yeah, well, Jim Caldwell, I, I was just going to say, he has to be the most obscure 11-0 and coach in the history of the NFL. In his first year. Yeah, because, you know what, though, let me just say this, and I'm not trying to discredit Jim Caldwell. Guy's done a great job. They've won every week. But he inherited a great team. He inherited a system that Tony Dungy left for him, and he was his main assistant for years. So when they made that switch to get Tony Dungy out and and to get Caldwell in, when Dungy Mm -hmm. decided that that was enough for him, it was done purposefully in this manner so that they that Caldwell would come in and they wouldn't miss a beat. I mean, that is such a perfectly run or, well-run yeah. organization in the Colts that I... Listen, I'm not saying that Tony Dungy wasn't a great coach or that he's easily replaceable, although he's appeared to be so far, but they set it up this way. I would argue you are correct, but I would argue everything that you said makes possibly makes his performance and his record that much more impressive because he had that pressure. You've got Peyton Manning coming back. You've got the system and the winning tradition. Sometimes it's tougher to take a underdog. It's it's easier to take an underdog team with less expectations. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then you know, don't underrate how difficult it is when you're expected to win. Hey Jim, the system's in place. All you got to do is keep it going. Don't mess up. That's the hardest thing to do. Not mess up. And uh, through 11 games, he's done a nice job. Of no, that. yeah. I mean, there's merit to that. But but again, I mean, if if you took most most competent NFL coaches, mm-hmm. coordinators, head coaches, what have you, and gave them Peyton Manning and the keys to the car, it's hard to screw that up. I'm Listen, he's done a good job by not screwing it up because we'd hear a lot more about him if the Colts were 6-5 and five right now. But to be inheriting the pieces that he got, mm-hmm. Reggie Wayne and Manning and Adai and, and Donald Brown and... and Pierre Garçon and all these guys that you know have happened to be really good and a, and a solid defense. That I would feel like unless you're just a moron, you should be able to do pretty well with that team. Best quarterback I ever saw as a youngster, and to be still the best pure passing quarterback I ever saw. Pure stand back in the pocket, drop back. Johnny Unitas of the Baltimore Colts. The only guy I saw that could compare with him, he threw the long ball better, was Dan Marino. In my eyes, those are the two best pure quarterbacks. Other guys might have won more championships. Other guys might have been better in the clutch, i.e. the Joe Montanas of the world. Other guys might have been certainly better runners, but pure passing Jordan. Johnny Unitas and Dan Marino were the two best I ever saw. Peyton Manning is right with those two. Again, just as a pure, pure passer. I think that Peyton Manning may go down when it's all said and done is the greatest quarterback in the history of the game. I really don't think it's that crazy to say right now because you look at where he is in terms of career numbers. I don't have them in front of me, but he is in the top ten in most categories. In fact, close to the top in many categories. And he's, what, 31? And think about if he plays till he's 40. I mean, think about the numbers that this guy is going to amass. He's won a Super Bowl. He'll likely win another one or two in the next ten years. You would think that the Colts will win again at least one more time. And the numbers he's going to have, 
are so eye popping. I mean, think about every year. Every year they're nine and zero or ten and zero or eleven and zero. It's almost like it's an afterthought that the Colts are undefeated this far into the season because of him. I really think that him and Favre and Elway are the three best quarterbacks, at least in my lifetime, that I've ever seen play. But I really believe that there is a good chance that assuming Peyton Manning doesn't have some catastrophic injury that ends his career will end up as the greatest quarterback who's ever played the game. There it is. Strong statement from a young mid-20s guy like a Jordan Burnfield, but uh, not that inaccurate, to tell you the truth. We're going to take a quick break here. Our producer, my bodyguard, David Olson, our general manager here at thetalkzone.com, the commander-in-chief, Chris Whitting. We are set for a Tuesday show. Our phone lines are open, 888-463-6748. We've talked about the turkey legs at Disney World. When we come back, we break down all things Disney. Back in a minute, talkzone.com. for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. And once again, it is the coach, John Cohn, Jordan Burnfield, joining us today. Two Guys and a Mic here on the TalkZone.com. Beautiful Tuesday, Residue Tuesday, picking up some of the sports happenings over the weekend. We had the Notre Dame coach, uh, as expected, finally fired. We'll talk about that. Jordan, I know you have a few thoughts on uh, Charlie Weiss, a guy who, uh, I don't know if he's been to Disney World or not, but uh, those giant turkey legs you were talking about, they probably start running when Charlie Weiss gets near. I was going to say, isn't he the Epcot ball? (laughs) I mean, isn't he Spaceship Earth? I mean, look at Charlie Weiss. He is gross. Besides the fact that, you know, he had a rough run at Notre Dame. Don't kick a man when he's down. Come on. I mean, I was... I was going to write a post on my blog, and I'm still in the process of writing it. I didn't have time to finish it last night, and I was looking for a picture of Charlie Weiss that I could put mm-hmm. in my post. Even the last pictures night. of him are big. They're, he's gross in every picture. And, in fact, if you search Charlie Weiss and do a Google image search, mm-hmm. somebody has made a picture where they stuck his head on one of those bodies of like an 800-pound man that can't stand up, that's like that floating blob on the bed in a Notre Dame T-shirt. But I mean, he's that's cruel. He's every picture of him is so unflattering. Like mm-hmm. at some point, don't you think you might want to get on a diet, Chuck? Well, the only picture that wasn't unflattering was the picture of him holding the Super Bowl trophy for the New England Patriots. Yeah, well, that wasn't that unflattering. Yeah, but I mean, when listen, I know what you're saying. When he won that, obviously there were a lot of other factors. By that, the way, I not have, that he's not a good offensive coach. I don't know if they've received the facts yet, but uh, just to announce it here on the TalkZone.com, I have thrown my hat in the ring for the Notre Dame job. You know what? I think that you're right after Urban Meyer, Bob Stoops, Brian Kelly, seven dead guys, and <laughs> I think. Um, one of those people eating a turkey leg in Disney I figured World. they're probably looking for something different. They've gone the normal route, you know, the last three, four times. What is it? Four coaches in a row. 
that haven't worked out. One of those four coaches basically lasted, what, about two days until his resume was found to be incorrect? Yeah, George O'Leary. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, By the way, Carmen sent me a text just now saying that I made a mistake. Peyton Manning is 33, turning 34. Mm-hmm. So bad job on me because I said he was 31. Not a problem at all. You remember the first Still, controversy? What was the biggest controversy in an otherwise fairly clean Peyton Manning career? Uh, Peyton Manning's career? Yeah. I don't. I can't think of a controversy. Hint, it goes back him. to college. Goes back to college. I don't so remember. You might not remember that. I, hope I remember I, when I, he I'm played. I'm pretty in sure I remember the same guy, a female athletic trainer. This is like one of the few dark spots. Or once you hear the story. It could be called one of the few pasty white spots in the Peyton Manning career, but uh, a female athletic trainer claimed that Peyton Manning in his college days mooned her. Oh, I don't think that's such that? a terrible thing. I mean, I, listen, I, I don't know. I don't remember that. But, I mean, I thought you meant that there was some kind of, like, sexual well, that's, thing. Listen, that's, that's not exactly, not, you know. No, I'm not saying it's, like, a nice thing yeah. to do to go around mooning people. But, I right. mean, if that's the only thing that he did. That's the only uh, white not... pasty mark on his career. Now you know why I call it. I don't call it a dark mark. <laughs> <laughs> Peyton Manning dropping trial in front of the athletic trainer. Hey, we're college kids. It can happen to the best of you us. You know right? which quarterback was best at that gesture all time? Warren Moon, of course. Well, how about Jim McMahon? Well, Warren Moon, his last name was Moon. Yeah, so, you know. All right. 888-463-6748, the phone number. You can email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com, M-I-C. Number two, we'll get back to the sports in just a second. But the reason, the reason that the very esteemed WGN's very own Mark Carmen sat in on Wednesday and Monday, doing a tremendous job, by the way. It says here. Debatable. Right on the, well, right on the notes that Mark left me. It says, please, Coach, say that I did a tremendous job. <laughs> so I'm reading off Mark's script. Right. But he did a phenomenal job. A little too professional for me. I listened to it. I was looking for a little bit more of the. Uh, the We're going for human. more of the anti-professional well, look here. It was like he was trying out for uh, you know ESPN, the Big Show. Maybe he was. He is WGN's very own. He's become homogenized. 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 Yeah. I don't know what homogenized. Yeah. So is. me and Carmel have a little talk off air, but uh, no, all kidding aside, he did a great job. But the reason he said is I followed my son, who was in the marching band, to Disney World with my wife and other son, and, and just to kind of proceed it, I'm not a big amusement park guy. And I know my wife had been bugging me for many, many years when the kids were young, as apparently you've done, like, what, eight times, nine times? I, I think we've been to – you're going to laugh. I think that my, I've been to Disney World probably 12, 13, 14 wow. times. Yeah. When I'm I was gonna, little, we used to gonna, go every I'm, I'm year. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to cry. Yeah. I think we'd been there – when I was little, we used to go every year at least once. So a couple times we went twice, I think. See, I was trying to avoid it. And over the years, she would say, you know, we really should do while well. the kids are young. And I'd kind of put it off. And I, I had done a pretty good job. The two sons, now 14 and 16. So I had thought in my mind that I, you know, we're pretty good. Right. I got through the Disney World years and we never made it. I right. was pretty fairly sure. And now after six days there, I proved myself right that my life would not have been incomplete without having ever having visited Disney. Not World. a that, Disney World guy. That's just me. But uh, but the, of course, our high school's marching band takes their one big trip every four years. And where is the trip? Disney World. Yeah. So so you... my wife says now's our chance to go. So against all odds, I had to bow down. I know I sound like a you know spoiled sports talkers here. The poor guy had to go to Disney World, and it's pretty cool. 
I mean, there's some cool things about it. Overall, there's probably six days I'd rather spend in other places. You said you're not an amusement park guy. Did you go on any of the rides? Yes. What rides did you try? Well, most of them. Space oh, okay. Mountain and Splash. So you tried them all out. I did. The only one that uh, I did not like. I'm not a big dipper guy, you know. I don't mind the spinning. Right. And the regular roller coasters that go round and round. And anybody who's been to Disney World here, positive, negative, uh, any thoughts on that? 888-463-6748. If you had any experiences that uh, some of our listeners might like to hear about. We'd love to hear any Disney horror stories or maybe Disney World great stories, too. In Animal Kingdom, there's a ride called uh, Mount Everest, I believe it's called. That's new since the last time I was there. I've never <sighs> been on that. Was it good? I w- no. No, not good. <laughs> when I say no, if you're a roller coaster guy, the more I say no, you'd probably love it. Okay. But I probably we had, would like it. We were with a group of like 150 people. Okay. So they bust us over to Animal Kingdom at 7 o'clock, and it was uh, food, a big food spread, and then the dinosaurus area was open just to us, including the Mount Everest ride, so the kids could ride it like five, six, seven times. Oh, wow. Well, if you know anything about me, food is a priority. Right. So my first stop, while all the kids were rushing to the Mount Everest Mountain, was into the cafeteria where I downed three plates of pasta, a couple of pieces of chicken, and some outstanding cookies. I'm. That then, sounds great. Huh? That sounds good. That sounds great. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I'd be all right with that. I don't even need the ride. Well, I'm a food I understand guy, too. That. I didn't need the ride either. My wife is a roller coaster freak. So she wants to go on Mount, the Mount Everest ride. Okay. I really don't want to. I definitely scored some good husband points, so I decided to go to... I didn't really know what it was. I thought Space Mountain, not that bad. I like Space Mountain. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Splash Mountain, some of the other ride, not that bad. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, oh, yeah, a little a, bit older. No but, problem with yeah. it. That was great. Yeah. That was great. Not Mount Everest. Too fast Highly recommend. If you're out there and Disney World is in your near future, David Olson, you got young kids, take some notes right here. Do not. Do not eat three plates of pasta. And then go on the Mount Everest ride. You were you were you puking? Huh? Were you puking? Very close. Oh wow. Very close. Now did you go to did you go to the whole to... time I'm going like this is not good. Not good. <laughs> this is not good. Not good. Did you go to MGM? Yes. Okay. Very cool. Did you go on the rock and roller coaster? Did not. That See, was one of the ones I skipped. That is a great ride. That is a great ride. But that you goes get in, in the circles, car. Right? Well yeah. See, but you get in the car, okay? And Steven Tyler starts singing at you. Yes. And then it blasts off from the starting point from 0 to 60 in 2 seconds, or in like 1.8 seconds. Yep. So you, your stomach feels like you left it in line as you're just flying for the first few seconds. And then once your stomach actually reaches you on the ride, <laughs> it is a fantastic ride. It is so fun, so fast, so wild. There's loops and mm-hmm. turns and curls and... It's great. I'm an old-fashioned guy. The teacups, don't knock the teacups. The teacups are outstanding. I was disappointed in the entire Disney World. No teacups. No, how can you have an amusement park as great as Disney World with no Tilt-A-World? The Tilt-A-World is so like 80s carnival. Come on. Pirates of the Caribbean, outstanding. Uh, it's a small, small world, or it's a small world after all. What do they call yeah, it? Yeah, it's a, a small world. Yeah, it's fine. Pirates of the Caribbean has one little dip in it. That was probably fun for you well, right at the beginning. If you're just in it for the dips and dives, you know me, I'm a cultural guy. I was looking no, for yeah, the, I mean, the scenery you, and yes, the culture. You enjoy the animatronic figures. <laughs> that, that's your thing. You oh, like watching goodness. little Dutch children weaving back and forth 
And it's a small world. It is right? impressive the way Disney puts things together. They don't, they don't skip oh, by yeah. anything. No, there's, there's no Everything question Everything is there. first class. Having said that, I could have easily done without the uh, six days. There are actually four days there, two which were in travel. One of the funny parts was we had a group, like I said, 150 people. So and, uh, about 120 high school kids. And they brought, or I had read in the material that they were going to bring a nurse. A representative from the school was a nurse. Yeah, good idea, 120 kids. So when we got to the airport in the beginning, like 5 o'clock in the morning, we're walking through the airport, and I'm noticing this extremely older lady with a walker. Oh, God, this is the nurse. She had a cane, older lady. I didn't think maybe someone's grandma coming along with the family or whatever. So we get to the seating area, and I ask my wife, by the way, who who is the older lady? Oh, that's the school nurse. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. And are you ready for this? I swear to you, her first name? Now, keep in mind, we're going to Disney World. Mickey. Oh, my God. 82-year-old <laughs> school, 82-year-old school nurse. nurse. Yeah. What would happen if she needed to, to immediately be somewhere because somebody <laughs> was injured? Is she going to walk her way over there? We, we had to rescue her. Oh, first, I'll be right our, there, our first Sonny. Stop, first stop was at Epcot. Everybody's emptying out of Epcot and stuff. and she's, we, we, She was, like, left behind. We had to go back and rescue her. But, uh, yeah, an 82-year-old school nurse. It was a beautiful thing. Did you try Sweet test as track? can be, though. Wonderful, wonderful lady. Mickey, if you're listening, we love you out there. Just uh, pick a different trip next time. Yeah. Did, did you try test track at Epcot? Awesome. Great ride. Yeah. That's a very fun ride. Yeah. I mean, Spaceship Earth, very informative for you. Somebody mm-hmm. like you, the cultured one. Long-time information what, guy. Yes. Yeah, so you'd love to see the flow of information as it changes over time, <laughs> as you go up into the Epcot mm-hmm. ball. I'm familiar with the whole Disney thing. And remember. And remember, the motto, and I drove my kids crazy with this, and I will, my first practice back with my high school team, I may use this, but, and again, David Olson, our producer, you might want to take notes here for your young kids. It all started with a mouse. It did. The Walt Disney story, and they have an entire museum where you can see the life of Walt Disney from start to end. Yeah. But there's a lesson there, ladies and gentlemen, you out there listening. Doesn't take big ideas. Doesn't take huge momentous things. Little things. Little things are the hinges, Jordan Burnfield, upon which great things can occur. It all started with a mouse. That is a great very, story. Yeah. Compelling what? and rich. I agree. I mean it's a very philosophical yeah. but but true story. I mean it was a he's you know, he's a tremendous success, no question. By the way, David Olson, if you're taking notes, when you well, go to I, Disney I World I highly recommend not just our producer, but I highly if anybody's anybody. out there. Really, when you listen to our show, you should have a pad, paper, and pencil. You should you be annotating. Know. Huh? Annotating. Let's keep it clean. This yeah. is a family show. Yeah. So if you're if you're taking notes here, <laughs> here's when you go to Disney World, it's the easiest place to get fat, okay? Because the food is everywhere yeah. and there's lots of crap you can yeah. eat. However, a health conscious guy like myself, believe right. me, it was a battle. Not happening. However, if you're going to Disney World, there's two things you got to get. First of all, the chicken fingers in Disney World. I don't know what they do to them. The best chicken fingers anywhere. There's no better place to get chicken fingers well, than Disney World. The key to those chicken fingers is there's no actual chicken. Well, I, I mean, whatever it is, even if it's a breaded piece of it's like nothing, fried, it's fried, fried. If it's fried, fried, it's still delicious. Okay. The second thing you got to get is at the Norway exhibit in Epcot. Yes. They have these freshly made waffles that Ooh. they put strawberries and powdered sugar I on. I did not get that. Best thing. I mean, those two things. You get the waffle. And you get the chicken fingers, and you're set in Disney World. I did not get that. And we, then you we need to the find the uh, right. Then you need to find the treadmill in, in the Epcot. Center. Yes, I got. I got to add one more. Okay. The uh, fish and chips over by the Hall of Presidents. Yes. 
Unbelievable. Had the fish and chips before. Very good. Again, those fish and chips, basically, there's very little fish. It's fried fried. The fish and chips. See, I can't do the... See, I listen, was going to try you... one of those chicken nuggets, but I figured with my cholesterol level, my bad heart, and combined with an 82-year-old nurse, my odds of surviving those chicken nuggets were not... A, it, it was not a good kind. Uh, maybe, but listen. I mean, you could fry shoe leather and it would taste good. I mean, I really believe that. You could put anything in a deep fryer and it would probably taste good, but... Chicken fingers and waffles. You're going down to Disney World, you've got to get them. Mm-hmm. All right. It all started with a mouse. Don't forget that. It did. All st- Actually, for us, it started with a two-hour wait. Yes. Until we figured out the whole flash pass thing. While two- you were eating a turkey leg in No, line. I should have been eating a turkey leg. Two-hour wait at Sora, at Epcot. Two hours for a five-minute reality ride. Oh, my God. Very cool, right? Yeah. But I don't care how cool it is, five minutes. Did you go on the Mission Space? Yes. Did you get? Did you feel ill after Mission Space? Yes. That G-Force is evil. Yes. I mean, that is, you want to talk about something that will make you yeah. want to toss your tacos. Yeah. That was not good. Not good. Not good for me and my general health. All right, 888-463-6748. If you've been to Disney, you got any horror stories, maybe dramatic stories, funny stories, anything in the world of Disney. And remember, it all started, Jordan Birdfield, it all started with a mouse. And now one of the great corporations in America. Right? Yep. Disney TV. Disney Cruise Lines, Disney World, Disneyland, and I'm probably missing about four other. And endless jokes about Michael Eisner on Family Guy. All started with a mouse, folks. 888-463-6748. The phone number, Guys at AOL.com is our email address, M-I-C, number two, Guys at AOL.com. Could we take the all, it all started with a mouse philosophy and instill that into the world of sports, Jordan Burnfield? Could that maybe give a ray of hope to long-suffering Chicago Cub or Chicago Bear fans or long-suffering dot, 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 fill in your own blank? Uh, maybe. I mean, you could say that the decline of the Bears all started with the mouse-sized brain well, of Lovey Smith's defense. See, that's, that's the difference between you and me. Right yeah. off the bat, you were looking for the little thing that started the decline. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking, see, that's the very essence. I'm the glass half-empty guy. Can, You're the glass half-full. you half be full. so degenerative? You're young. I'm the one who's supposed to be like, over all my years, you know, kind of negated and disgusted with yeah, but everything. This is the good thing about you, Coach. You're the beacon of hope. Yes. You're the beacon of positivity. That's what I am. I am the beacon of negativity. Absolutely. That's why this show works together. Well, that's a matter of opinion. <laughs> it's, yeah, I was looking at it from a philosophy of, you know, what little things can we do? Let's start over again. Let's start a new approach. New approach. What little thing that we can do that, boom, all of a sudden, we're going to be Disney Corporation in four years and win a world championship. It all started with a mouse. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's right now with any of our teams. I don't know if it's. Uh, I don't know if it, you could really think of one singular reason why any of our teams would succeed. I mean, I guess the well, Blackhawks are the one team that's succeeding, but I wouldn't argue that it's one particular move that has led them there. Maybe John McDonough, you could say. Is you know he's the he's, guy that has resurrected the Blackhawks franchise. He's got bigger ears than Mickey Mouse. He 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 does have large ears, but he can hear very well with those large ears. So I would argue that uh, you know the Chicago Bears, if you want to look for positives, we do have, in my opinion, the finest field goal kicker in the NFL. So if we got to start somewhere, let's start with our field goal kicker. And knowing our luck, they will then you know it'll take like three, four, five years. We'll rebuild and actually have some talent, and by then. Robbie Gold will be ready to retire. We'll bring in a field goal kicker. We'll probably lose like five games. 
because we don't have a good kicker. Right now, Robbie Gold could kick seven field goals a game, and we'd still be losing with our yeah. defense. But he's punter, good. The he punter is good. and the field goal kicker were all set. Yeah, Johnny Knox, is solid. I think we've got a young potential star. He's got a little charisma, a little flair factor. Yep. Johnny Knox can play. We've got three players to build up. That's about where it ends. Yes. That's about where it ends. Yeah. It's it's not good. But, hey, looking at it in the positive light that you would. Thank you very much. Be- could, I am, what do you call me, the beacon of light? You are the beacon of positivity. Like Let's keep that up. I like so as, as the beacon of positivity, you, using your line of thinking, yes. maybe we could say that you know if the Bears could just add an offensive line, a defensive line, a coach, an offensive coordinator, and... Uh, you know, about nine skill position players on offense, we'd be right there. And a partridge and a pear tree. That's exactly right. Now, as the beacon of light, our producer David Olson doesn't care if I'm the beacon of whatever I am. He's telling us we got to take a quick break. We're going to take a quick one. It's our final one. We'll come back with some more sports talk in. If we could talk a little college basketball, we have the ACC Big Ten Challenge. This could be Jordan Burnfield the first time. The first time since they started that the Big Ten has a chance to win. Yeah, the Big Ten has a good conference this year. Try to control your excitement. We'll take a quick break. Back in a minute, 888-463-6748. Residue Tuesday, it all started with that little damn mouse. Back in a minute. Time to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. All right, we're back at thetalkzone.com. Took a quick break, said Jordan. When we come back, we talk a little college basketball here. We do have the ACC Big Ten Challenge. They started that, what would you say, about eight? Nine years ago, I could be uh, over and under two or three off. Yeah, it seems it seems like around there. It's been for a good long while And I'm though. pretty sure. About as pretty sure as I am the story of Peyton Manning dropping trowel in front of a female athletic trainer at Tennessee, <laughs> that the ACC has won every single matchup. I don't remember the Big Ten ever winning. I think that is correct. I don't ever remember them winning. See, I really enjoy again, it. Here I am, the beacon of light, saying that the ACC won every time, and you, the beacon of negativity. Taking the reverse approach and saying the Big Ten has lost every time. Well, no, I mean I root for the Big Ten to win. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm a Big Ten fan, so yes. I I watch the tournament or whatever you want to call it, the TV event, hoping yeah. that the Big Ten wins. Yes. So in in my view of it, it's really more that I just want the Big Ten. So that's why I look at it that way. Although I'm just giving you a hard time, I know, but I am I am a Duke fan. I do like Duke. I'm a big fan of Duke. Mm-hmm. Although when they play. You know, Illinois or Northwestern, I'd obviously rather see 
you know, our hometown teams win, but I do like to. Nolan Smith up in his game this year, 18 points a game. Glenbrook North, Chicago's very own Jonathan yep. Shire, 16 points a game. One of my favorite college hoops players, Kyle Singler, getting 13 points a game. So the Duke Blue Devils 6-0 and on the season. The uh, tournament started... Yesterday, one game, Penn State knocked off Virginia. Big win for them. And Taylor Battle, if that you have not watched him play, he, and I don't know about his NBA prospects, a lot of people say he's too small to this, to that. All I can know, all I know is that he's exciting to watch and he can play. 32 points, Penn State gets the Big Ten off to a, a, a fast start. Here's a positive comment you'll like, okay? I don't like when people always evaluate college athletes on their pro potential. Yep. Why can't we just enjoy Taylor Battle for what he is? I agree. Who cares if he's going to be good in the NBA? He's not in the NBA. It's like Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow will likely be a horrible NFL player, but he's been a great college football player. Just enjoy him for what they are. And Battle is so explosive. He's so fast on, you know, off the dribble and then can shoot from anywhere, mm-hmm. but he is just so good at getting his own shot because he's so quick side to side. That's what I'm really impressed about him with, and it's 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 fun to watch him. I, I really like that Penn State is finally paying attention to basketball. You know, they finally have some decent players. Cause you Their look coach, at, by the way, Ed Tchekos. <laughs> What'd you say? I'm supposed to say Gazuntite. Yeah. Coach Ed Tchekos. Gazuntite. Thank you very much. He okay. is a very underrated coach. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they have a great facility out there. I mean, Happy Valley has. You know, Beaver Stadium right next to the Bryce Jordan Center, right next to... Um, I think their basketball court is named the Joe Paterno Practice Facility. Yeah, I mean, it might as well be, but it's <laughs> it's right next to... uh and to Chase. Yeah, Gesundheit. Thank you. And uh, it's right next to their baseball stadium. I mean, they have a gorgeous complex there, so yes. they really should be able to recruit well for You've any sport. I've been to Penn See, State. I have not been there. Yeah, a bunch of times. Were you there professionally or uh, in between one of your 13 Disney World stops? No, professionally. Okay. Because uh, I, in the uh, New York Penn League, the State College Spikes. The New York what? The New York Penn League. It's a single-A short-season league where I used to broadcast. Ah. The State College Spikes are an affiliate of the Pirates, and they play in the Penn State Baseball Stadium, which is gorgeous. It's unbelievable. It's nicer than many double and triple A ballparks. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I mean, the facilities at Penn State are top notch. Cool. So they really should be able to recruit better than they do in basketball, in any sport. Yeah, their basketball program has become at least competitive. They had a big win again under head coach Jed Tichilius. Gesundheit. Thank you very much. Games today, Northwestern taking on North Carolina State. Wake Forest, Purdue, those are the two seeds. That should be a heck of a game. Yeah. Wake Forest, very, very good, and Purdue's got uh, everybody back from last year. Yeah, Etuan Moore, Robbie Hummel, both guys, very mm-hmm. good players. I mean, that's that's a good game, but, you know, the best one Woo. tonight. The rematch. The rematch of the championship, Michigan State and Carolina. Just that, that to me, I won't be able to watch the game tonight because I'm going to be at the Blackhawks game tonight. There is a thing called the tape machine. I, right, I, I, well, a DVR, even if you want that's... to get even more new-aged. You know, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to DVR that game. I really want to watch that game. I mean, Michigan State is, you know, they lost to Florida, which was, to me, a little bit of a puzzling loss. Mm-hmm. Maybe Billy Donovan's got that team moving up a little bit. I mean, they weren't ranked. But I, I really, I mean, we had this question, I think, a week or two ago when I did the show with you, and we were talking about who are the best college basketball coaches or who would we want to play for the most. And I remember I didn't think immediately of Tom Izzo. And I don't know why, because Tom Izzo, to me, is 
he may be the best coach in college basketball. I mean, that's a, that's a very strong argument you can make for that. He is such a phenomenal coach that I kind of root for Michigan State because I like him. I like the way he runs his program. I like the way his teams, people always seem to count them out. And then they have these amazing tournament runs every few years. I mean, he's had such amazing success. I agree with you on the team. Any college basketball fans out there, even if you're not a Big Ten fan, not an ACC fan, but you want to talk some college hoops, brief segment on that topic, 888 888- Four six three sixty seven forty eight, or you can email us at mike two guys at aol dot com. Tom Izzo himself bothers me a little bit. He's a little too big for his britches. There's a little kind of what would I call it a withdrawn conceit in a Tom Izzo. Having said that, I completely agree with your statement. Watching Michigan State play, and I think I made this statement last week. The best compliment I can give him as a coach myself, I would like my teams to play like Michigan State does. Yeah. Rebound like a bunch of maniacs. Tough-minded. Defend, and boy, when they get the ball, they get it and go. I mean, they don't just attack. They attack the glass. Yep. They're fast break. I have a thing, a code word I use in coaching. It's called they score, we score. And I emphasize defense first with the teams I coach. But I like the philosophy. As soon as they score, boom, little switch turns on. You get the ball. While they're celebrating the basket, you get the ball in, get it down, a couple of passes, make a fast break. The code word I use is they score, we score. Yeah. And Michigan State does that better than anybody in the country. You better not celebrate a basket. You better get back, or Michigan State in about two and a half seconds has got two points in. Yeah, it's just they are such a – they're always a good team to watch. They are always such a well-run college basketball team, mm-hmm. and it's a reflection on him. I mean, it's just – that, that to me is just such, that's why they have this ACC Big Ten Challenge, because you get games like this one. I mean, mm-hmm. this is just, it's like when Duke played Illinois. And, and they do seed it, right? One seed, one I, seed, I think, two seed, yeah, two seed. Yeah, I mean, they had, remember when uh, Wake came to Illinois and Illinois crushed yes. them the year they went to the national championship? Destroyed Wake in Champaign. And, you know, these are games that really end up making a huge difference come March. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really do. I mean, you remember that. Illinois team, I and mean, they were 29-1 or whatever it was, so it didn't matter for them. They were going to be a number one seed automatically. But a lot of times, you get these teams from the ACC to the Big Ten that get these big wins early in the season against the opposing conference, and all of a sudden it legitimizes them. If they're a borderline team, if they're a team that needs a little help to get into the tournament, mm-hmm. these games, I mean, the, if I'm a coach of one of these teams on either the ACC side or the Big Ten side, these are games you have to win. Uh, eight in or nine December. years of consecutively losing, let's go get them, Big Ten. We need to. This is probably the best chance we've had. Penn State got us off to a good start, by the way, while I was gone. Apparently the two teams that I root for, one team arrow pointing up, the other who, during my six-day hiatus eating turkey legs at uh, Disney World, their arrow started pointing down. I'm talking about the Northwestern Wildcats, who without their star, Won a couple of big games, won yep. a tournament there, four and one, and apparently the Fighting Illini who take on Clemson tomorrow. That should be a great game. Yeah, not so good while I was gone, JB. No, I mean Illinois went out to Vegas and maybe a little too much partying, and uh, they lost two games in a row. Uh, they dropped that game to Utah, which they were winning mm-hmm. um, for most of the game, and then ended up losing, and then they blew a game against Bradley. Wow. So what a big win for Bradley! Though. Yeah, huge win for Bradley because a mean, lot of the Bradley players are guys that. A lot of them that probably wanted to go to Illinois and couldn't get in. Yeah. Well, not couldn't get you know what in. I'm saying but it, couldn't play for yeah. Illinois. Yeah. I mean that's so what you know as as painful as it is to lose for Illinois. What a sweet win for Jimmy Les and the Bradley guys to beat 
the team that didn't think you were good enough to play for him. That, that, that's pretty sweet. Oh yeah, no question. I mean, it's good. It's definitely good for for Bradley. And uh, I mean, uh, Northwestern. I went to that game Friday night when they played against Notre Dame, and mm-hmm. that was such Notre Notre Dame. First of all, does not look very very good. I think they were totally overrated. But Northwestern, on the positive side, really did look good. I mean. It's it's frustrating almost because, like you said, they don't have Coble, they don't have Ryan. If they had those two guys, you wonder what this team could really be. But having said that, this John Sherna, who was named Big Ten Player of the Week or Co-Big Ten Player of the Week this past week, had a heck of a game against Luke Herringote. Played phenomenally against him. And this kid, Marco Tulio is really a good three-point shooter. By the way, that's not his, his name is not Marco Tulio. No, that's, that's his, his last, last name. name. Right. He's been really good, and uh, you know, Juice Thompson runs the offense pretty well. I'm not totally sold on him. I think he's a little bit short. Don't know exactly how much he can do, but you know, they they seem to have enough pieces, in my opinion, to be a legitimately good Big Ten team, and not just to be the typical Northwestern, you know, four and twelve or whatever it is in the Big Ten. You know, just another bad year. I, I really think that this is a team. That is going to be good. They're going to be a tough team to beat, and it's and it's annoying if you're a Northwestern fan because you think what they could have been if yep. they had Coble and Ryan. Yep. You know me, I am a man of vision, always looking ahead. What did you call me? The beacon of light. The beacon of positivity. <laughs> you are. Oh, goodness. you are. Thank you very you're much. a positive man. The, the, Not you see as the world, the beacon, but a beacon shines out, right? Yes, and but, looks. You can see across the lake with the beacon. You you can. So as the beacon of or light, Charlie the Weiss, of, a piece of bacon. By the way, Dave, there is a who are you crapping button. If you want to find that one, feel free to use it about 36 <laughs> times in the next five minutes. But looking ahead to next year, looking ahead to next year, is it too much to insinuate, too much to predict that possibly with Kevin Koble, a future NBA player, hopefully recuperated, and their entire team NBA. back, okay. except for Jeremy Nash, is it too much to say as the beacon of light? Here at the TalkZone.com, the Northwestern could be a Big Ten championship contender. I don't think it's too much to say contender. I don't think they'd win the Big Ten. I don't. I, I think that they could be. I mean, if contender qualifies them as top four or five in the Big Ten, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe my, my beacon of light is uh, a little more centralized. Yes, I'm picturing one, two, or three. The light is shining from you right now. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I I don't know if I quite see yeah. them going one, All two, right. three. But I do. Yeah. But I will say, and that's not a slight to them. I really do think they can be good. I think mm-hmm. with Coble next year, even without Jeremy Nash, they could be really good. I'm not sure I would go one, two, or three because even mm-hmm. if they finish fourth in the Big Ten, coach, that puts them in the NCAA tournament easily into the NCAA Which, tournament. By the way, sadly, they've never done, never been to the Big Dance. Right. So wow. I mean, that would be fantastic if they mm-hmm. could be fourth in the Big Ten. By the way, games coming up tomorrow: Illinois at Clemson. That's going to be a good one. Minnesota, Miami, Boston College at Michigan. Uh, similar to Taylor Battle. If you haven't seen Manny Harris play, he is, if not the best player in college basketball, one of the most fun to watch. Electrified. Yeah, he's not the best player, but he is definitely he is definitely a good player, and he is very fun to watch. He I is agree. indeed. Duke at Wisconsin. If you like uh, slow it down, methodical basketball, <sighs> that's the game for you. You know what? I honestly, I hope Duke rolls him. I'm sorry. <laughs> I listen. Bo Ryan is a great coach. Yep. I I I really like Bo Ryan. I mm-hmm. think he's a nice guy. At least from what I can tell, he seems to be. You know, he's obviously a great coach. They win. They, they have a great system. They're boring. It's like, They're boring. Ha- it's like having your tooth pulled out sans Novocaine. Right. It's boring. And so I would like to see the Dukies 
and Dickie V run it up on them. Mm-hmm. Okay, just, you know, have their big game. PTP, they're awesome with the capital A, whatever they want to do. Just beat him up. Because Dickie Vitale will never get old for me. One of my favorite announcers, I by love the way. Him. I huh? love him. You I know, you too. should love him because I, I, absolutely. he is he is very much like you, except, you know, because, you know, he's very positive. Mm-hmm. He's very fun. Mm-hmm. He's very, you know, he always looks at things in an enthusiastic manner, and that's what you do. I've enjoyed his stick from the beginning, and I haven't got tired of it. I know a lot of people think that it is stick, and it's too much, and it's over the top. I but I've him. always appreciated about Dickie V is it's not made up. Enthusiasm. Right. I mean, he loves the game that much, and I feel that love coming over the TV. I agree. And not only that, he knows college basketball. Yes, he does. I mean, if you can get past the shtick and you can get past the phrasing and everything, mm-hmm. he really knows college basketball. And I think sometimes people forget that because of all the stuff he does. Mm-hmm. No question about it. JB and the coach here. A few more minutes on thetalkzone.com. You're listening to Two Guys at a Mic. We do this show every Monday through Friday, 10 in the morning to 11. That is Central Time. It's our mid-morning break sports report. We certainly welcome you to join us each and every time. If you're listening to the show and you enjoy it just a little bit, spread the word. We're trying to get the word out there, however you might do that, verbally, vocally, via the email, the Twitter, the Facebook. I'm still trying to... Learn the vast world of the Internet, Jordan. You're getting there. Huh? You're getting there. Yeah, but a couple times I get lost, too. And I just start, you know, like the little asteroid in the Mission Mission Impossible Disney World uh, uh, Mission Space. That's what I feel like, the asteroid that has gone out into... Yeah. Into Facebook land and can't quite make his way back. You'll you'll get there. It's it's not that hard, Mm -hmm. and you will learn it. Yes. I will help you learn it. Yeah. We're getting more friends on our Facebook, which is very, very exciting. That is good. Yeah. That is very good. Yeah. We and get you, a lot of people requesting to drop off, too, but hopefully we'll get more people as friends than people requesting to drop off. You probably have more friends than a Brian Erlacher does right now after his very interesting comments to little, Yahoo Sports. A little controversy there you allude to, uh, real quick, repertoire. Well, I mean, he just, in an, inter- in an article with uh, Michael Silver of Yahoo Sports, basically said things that, he probably shouldn't say as the Bears middle linebacker who's been injured for the season, kind of indicting Jay Cutler for not being necessarily a winner and kind of masking around it with a lot of qualifiers, but saying that Kyle Orton was a winner and that they might be better off with him. Yeah, the only part I didn't like of Brian Erlocker's statement, and again, it's the media building it up, as they are, by the way, building up the... Uh it blowing way out of proportion the whole Tiger Woods thing, if you've been reading that yeah. over the weekend. You well, know, are they, though? Breaking in, you know, lead story, update on the Tiger Woods situation. Oh, Barack Obama tonight will be addressing the nation on our policy in Afghanistan. Yeah. But now, back to the Tiger Woods story. Yeah. But, yes, yeah, so I would say, yes, they are blowing up that story, in my opinion, way too much. But uh, what the hell are we talking about? Oh, Erlocker. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I didn't like is, you know, he, he wants to go back to the run the ball first. Play solid defense. That's the way. Right. I mean, that's just. Know, we want our quarterback managing the game like all the other Bear quarterbacks did. Garbage. Right. It's not I mean, the way it's. it's they, what he's suggesting is what the Bears did in previous years the win by the skin of your teeth football. And yeah. I just don't. I don't subscribe to that. You don't subscribe to that. Most Bear fans don't subscribe to that because we've seen this movie before. We've seen them lose. Maybe with if this you before. had a dominant defense. Right. I mean, it's it's you know the only right the only way you can win like that is the way Denver was winning at the beginning of the year. The first six games, they their defense was the best in the NFL, and so Kyle Orton could manage the games and they could win. All of a sudden, the defense isn't so hot anymore, mm-hmm. and now they've lost five in a row because. 
Kyle Orton's not winning them football games. I mean, you need a quarterback, you need a system that's going to win you games, not manage games, yeah. win yeah. you games. That's why the Saints win. That's why they, the Colts win. That's why the Patriots win. It's one of the sports phrases that bug me the most when I hear a football team, high school, college, or pro, when a quarterback steps in, maybe even a second-string guy. We just want him to manage the game and not lose the game. Managing the game is code for, right, it's it's don't lose the game. Yes. And it's code for our quarterback stinks. For the most part, that's yeah. what it means. Mm-hmm. I mean, whenever you say a game manager, I don't care who it is, it means they're not very good. Because the quarterbacks that aren't game managers are the ones that are the big playmakers, the ones that win for the most part. Mm-hmm. Brett Favre, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Never once in any of those players' career would you say they, they were game managers because they are winners. They are playmakers. They make things happen. Kyle Orton, I don't care what people say. Jay Cutler, I guess, maybe too right now. Jay Cutler stinks right mm-hmm. now, but you know maybe he'll eventually be a playmaking quarterback. Yeah. They made that trade to get a playmaker, not a game manager. The voice of reason here on the TalkZone.com. He's Jordan Burnfield. You'll be back with us on Thursday. That's correct. Great job. Appreciate you joining us, Jordan. Appreciate everybody out there for putting up with us the last Last 56 minutes. Producer, my bodyguard, David Olson. Great job, as per always. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Seth Gruen in the house. Nice guy. He is a nice guy. By the way, can he I get one? He is not, by the way, a beacon of negativity. He is not. Can I get one final thing in? I certainly hope so. Quick moment of silence for Chip Carey at the end of his TBS broadcasting career. All right. I'm, I'm a Chip Carey fan, so that moment would last a little bit longer for me. <laughs> Have a great day, everybody out there. Thank you so much for listening. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10 Central Time. TalkZone.com.